Hi, Amber. Hi, Megan. Welcome to Bad Movies Rock. Why, thank you. Megan, welcome to Bad Movies Rock. Thank you very much, Amber. Amber, we just watched a delightful movie. Oh, I love this movie. It's so good. A-Team. Oh, the A-Team. Oh, how mm. I love this movie. I just, it makes me smile and also then mad. I smile, and then I'm like, stupid critics. And then I'm like, who cares? And I'm like, I'm smiling. Oh, but you stupid critics. There's not a sequel because of you. Yeah, it's so true. Ugh. I mean, it's probably more because of the audiences, and it didn't make money. But maybe it didn't make money because the critics weren't effusive about it. And I come right back around to rage. But then I remember how much fun the actors had, and I'm right back to joy. It's a roller coaster. Yeah. Well, agreed. It's a roller coaster like the one on in Borderlands Three, the secret one. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's, that's that's a logical place to take it. Mm-hmm. I thought so. It's just like that Borderlands Three roller coaster we got on that one time and have no idea what it's for. Oh, it's not for anything. It's for funsies. I mean, remember there were the targets to shoot and we didn't shoot all of them. I, I assume there's like some sort of reward based system. Maybe. No, not maybe. Definitely. I, the targets Definitely. exist for a reason. You shoot all the targets. I assume you get something for doing it. Sure. Don't shore me. Don't just throw a shore in my direction to pretend you that maybe you agree with me. probably get some sort of triumph. It's pro- I, I think you get a reward. Okay. Don't, oh, and the okay <laughs> is just like the shore. You bring this up, you bring this into my house, and then mm-hmm. you shit all over my very sound reasoning. I said sure, and okay, yeah. I believe you. In that way that you say it when you don't believe me, but you want me to stop talking. How's that working out for you? Not good right now, I'll tell you that much. Well, then I hope one of us can take a lesson away from this experience. Nope. Moving on. Okay. Yeah, so we watched the um, 2010 version of the A-Team, and oh boy, okay, so this movie's plot is um, just fantastic. Oh, a masterwork. Um, a masterwork. Yeah. Well flush, mm-hmm. fleshed out, makes perfect sense. It, it mm-hmm. oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm stepping all over you. You get to it. It's juicy. It's juicy. All right. Um, so the movie starts in Mexico, and it's about how um, the A-Team comes together, um, how they meet each other. Liam Neeson plays Hannibal, Bradley Cooper the face, um, Quentin Rampage Jackson is B.A. Baracus, and... Charlto Copley. Charlto Copley, Copley is... Um, try that again. Try that again. Charlto? 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 Copley. Copley. The Charlto is hard. I'm probably Charlto. saying it wrong. Charlto. Yeah. Charlto. Maybe if I had uh, an Afrikaner accent, I could be. I could. I could do it properly. Could, could be. I yeah, don't know. He's from South South Africa. Um, he's he plays uh, Burdock. So um, it's it's just a ridiculous uh, series of um, things that happen that I'm sure we'll touch on later. But it's it's them by happenstance, all um, army rangers meeting each other in the middle of a desert. You know, it seems like Liam Neeson and Bradley Cooper knew each other, but the others. Where they just kind of find each other, and how the happenstance, yeah, yeah, Um, how they all come together, and then we uh, go to eight years later, where they are a well-oiled machine. Yes, eight years and eighty successful missions. So the screenwriting Mm -hmm. tells us. Yes, indeed, Um, and they are on this big mission to get 
um, mint plates back, uh, you know, U.S. Treasury plates and over $1 billion in cash. Um, and it's a mission that um, they really want to do, but they have no authority to do. And then Morrison, who's the big colonel, says, you can do it. Um, and they go and do it. And it's great fun. And they bring everything back. And then Morrison is blown up and all the uh, money is blown up and the plates are taken. And they are framed for this. Uh-oh. They went and yep. did some, you know, army hijinks without a blessing. And now they go to jail for 10 years. Six months in prison. Then they escape because the mm-hmm. CIA helps them because Lynch wants to send them to go and get the plates from the guys who double-crossed him. And right. then that all happens and they discover the things and get the plates and get the general. But then the general gets mm-hmm. blown up. But then they pretend the general wasn't blown up. And then they use that to lure in Lynch using yep. Jessica Beale's help, who was also hunting them. But... She and Bradley Cooper have a past, and so she was willing to listen to them and give them the benefit of the doubt, and then explosions, explosions, kidnappings, murders, lovely, fake murders, so many good scenes. Don't worry about the plot. Crazy things happen. And they wind up getting sent back to prison anyway, but then they escape and it's, it sets it up for a sequel. And that's like, it's like the establishing of the A-team. Like first you have them all coming together, then -hmm. you have them being turned into criminals and now they're ready to be, you know, mercenary vigilantes with the heart of gold. Right, exactly. Which is what the A-team was. They were never like certified by the government. They were always vigilante um, justicers. So yeah, they go legit, then they get unlegit in this movie oh so good i'm so mad that there's not a sequel or just like i would watch this tv show oh man i mean i don't i don't want to watch the a-team from the 80s i'm not even sure i don't think i did when i was growing up either but i want to watch more of this this is the thing because oh so many good reasons but let's i feel like i feel like we've we've given a very very clear picture of the plot of this movie absolutely so we're probably ready the critics corner How'd you know? How'd you know where I was going with this? Well, because you're standing in the door opening it up for me. Thank you. So chivalrous, Amber. I am chock full of chivalry. Mm-hmm. Um, so my critics on Rotten Tomatoes gave the movie 49%, and the audience gave it a 66%. We have 47 critics, 71 audience on Metacritic. Yeah, the critics were not apparently charmed by this movie. Clearly not as charmed as we were. Mm-mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they say that it's all over the place. They say that it, um, none of the, like, action scenes get a moment to breathe. And, yes, and, yeah. like a fine wine. Action mm-hmm. scenes must be left out to breathe. Apparently, yeah. There were definitely complaints about physics. Oh, I, fuck you. I know. Fuck you, physics. Know. Fuck you, physics. Let's oh. let's look at the reviews that you gave Fast and Furious every movie. Fuck uh-huh. you, physics. Yeah, please. come on. Yeah, it was definitely the, the, the good reviews, the reviews that were kind of the, the green Metacritic reviews were, you know, acknowledge like the actors are having great fun and they take some kicks at the director and they, you know, yeah, take some kicks at the story and mm-hmm. kind of, but... Yeah, I mean, it, it was, there, there were some people who, who enjoyed it and thought it was just like good, stupid fun, turn off your brain. And the bad yep. reviews more or less said the same thing, but meaner. Right. Um, yeah. 
Like it was yeah. definitely another movie that they were mad at for some reason, and they mm-hmm. complained about how expensive it was to make. That's the thing that always kind of amuses me. Yeah. When a critic is panning a movie and then and relates it to cost as though mm-hmm. somehow they've thrown money away and that makes it more offensive. Every movie is throwing money away. You're yeah, spending millions of dollars to make fantasy fun times. It's, it's entertainment. That's what it is. And it's not like that money was going to go someplace better. Right. right. It might it's go not... to a movie that you might have liked more, but it's yeah. not going to feed the hungry. They haven't wronged you by having a big budget. It's just, yeah. <laughs> that's on them. Well, um, yeah. And the, yeah. The money also like pays people to do CGI and effects and like, like, yeah, I get it. It's ridiculous and you're paying a lot of money, but yeah, it, it's not magically going to go somewhere else if you don't, mm-hmm. if you save that money. I thought it's, this movie does not warrant the level of like rancor that it got from no. like, I think Roger Ebert gave it like a 35 and he was okay. one of the people complaining about the unlikely physics of these action scenes yeah, okay. and saying that he was just super bored by the plot. I get it. If a movie just doesn't speak to you, it doesn't speak to you. But this is a dumb action movie sure. based on an 80s TV show that knew exactly what it was, had mm-hmm. fun doing it, had a great cast to do it with. There are some great yeah. laugh out loud, funny dialogue moments and some really solid action scenes, which absolutely may not be expertly directed, but not so much that I noticed. Mm-hmm. So fuck nope. y'all. You yeah. ruined my sequel chances, and I hate you. Yeah. Okay, maybe I, mean, this I don't movie, hate you. This movie did make some money, but apparently it wasn't the blockbuster that they were really hoping for. I thought it was delightful. Yeah, I know. And it I'm going to explain really why I thought that once we leave the critic's corner. Lightly singed. All right, let's go. Let's head out of here, then. Yes, let's do. So probably the best way to go through this complex and rich film mm-hmm. is yes. pretty linearly, you know? There's the, I feel like there's kind of a great scene after great yeah. scene after great scene. And yeah. I don't want you to get lost in this plot. So Dear let's listeners. just start yeah. where the movie starts. We're in Mexico somewhere. Mm-hmm. Don't worry mm-hmm. about it. They literally use the word somewhere and then somewhere else when they move to another place in Mexico. You don't yes. need to know. It's Fucking rural. It doesn't matter, dude. <laughs> Desert. Yeah. Calm yourself. Uh, uh, William Neeson is getting beat up. He gets out of that situation. Bradley Cooper apparently hooked up with the wife of their target. Mm -hmm, And he's in tires, just kind of encased in tires and about to be set on fire while also being hung. So that's fun. But don't worry. He's as quippy and as just charming as ever. Oh, my God. He's smiling. He's laughing. He is having the best goddamn time, even while he's getting punched in the face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, oh, good morning. Good morning. And that's that's just that sets the tone for the entire movie. Like Absolutely. just Bradley Cooper's jubilance in yes. playing this role is just so apparent. He smiles all the way through this movie and it's fantastic. It makes me delighted. Yeah, it really does. He's he's the Cameron Diaz of this movie. Just for constantly sure. smiling, enjoying yes. himself, even when he knows he's moments from death. He's like, well, what you gonna do? This what is are fun. you gonna This is great. At least I'm here with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then inexplicably, Quentin Rampage Jackson has just mm-hmm. given up his life of car thieving and is is now taking his beautiful lady van on the road, runs into Liam Neeson, who's trying to hook up with Bradley Cooper. Liam Neeson shoots him. You know, 
but like to Phrases. establish that he's serious. And then mm-hmm. they both realize they're army rangers. And so sure. of course they're going to work together. And so they mm-hmm. free Bradley Cooper, but don't worry, the mission's not done yet. We need one more team member. So they go to get their chopper pilot. They don't know him, but he's the best pilot available to do the thing that they need him to do. So they're at a hospital. BA's getting stitched up from the shot that Liam Neeson gave him. Yep. Turns By the doctor. The, doctor, the mm-hmm. doctor is not a doctor. He is, in fact, the pilot that they're there to grab. He's a lunatic. I believe the term that the doctors use for him is functional lunatic. Didn't know yeah. that was a thing, but it sure. is a thing because he is playing it perfectly. Yes, he S- is. Stitches a lightning bolt into Baracus's shoulder. Catches, he keeps saying something smells like gas. And so he takes a blowtorch conveniently in the hospital as one has at you know arm's length in any hospital puts the blowtorch to bradley cooper's arm and catches him on fire to prove that he's the one who smells like gasoline it's amazing something Mm -hmm. smells like gas you smell like gas lights him on fire oh it's you you're dangerous i like you (laughs) and that is how charlotte copley plays the role the entire time too good he's very good at it also joyous constantly mm-hmm. madcap doing bonkers things narrating mm-hmm. it in a fantastic way and half of it seems to be happening throwaway in the background of other scenes mm-hmm. yes. while liam neeson is he plays it more straight but mm-hmm. it's still this kind of knowing straightness that doesn't play as as wooden or boring next to the more colorful characters like he's Agreed. just he's still got that like glinty swagger and it's i mean you know neeson you've seen him do his thing mm-hmm. yep absolutely so they steal a um, hospital helicopter, and um, B.A. Baracus gets in that helicopter because, you know, he's Army Ranger. He's a flight Army Ranger, and he's he's cool with helicopters. Yeah, flight Army Ranger. You know what those are. I- except that uh, Murdoch just, like, there's just helicopter antics. Um, it is so good. They, like... He turns off the helicopter and like they float down to get like to yes. make the heat seeking missiles yes. like it's... hit each other. <laughs> Baracus flies out of the um helicopter at some point and Bradley Cooper has to grab him and um what else oh they they lead um the other helicopter on a merry chase right into American territory. Yep, which was the plan all along, because yes, Hannibal, was. our Liam Neeson's, mm-hmm. is always on top of his shit. That was always the plan. They were going to lead him over American soil, and then they were going to have the army blow them up. Boom. All taken care of. So, running into Bye PA, bye helicopter. Oh, yes. Fuck Megan, you. so happy about the blown up helicopter. Yeah. You were jubilant as well. You were I Bradley Cooperian in was, that moment. Yeah. Fuck so, yeah. helicopter. Of course, Hannibal's the only one who's aware that everything is going the way it's supposed to. Everybody right. else feels like breakneck, out of control, except for Murdoch, who's just totally enjoying things. He's, He's like, this is cool. I'm when the fly. heat sinkers come at them, they're like climbing at this steep angle. He's like, here's how you deal with heat sinkers. Chaps, turns off the helicopter, goes mm-hmm. into free fall. And yeah, that's when B.A. <laughs> Baracus gets thrown out almost. Yep. And <laughs> we hear eight years later that this has caused like just panic in B.A. Baracus anytime like getting on a helicopter or getting in a plane is mentioned because he one flight with Murdoch and he just has a fear of helicopters. Yep. Murdoch broke him. And this, of course, establishes the the long running Mm -hmm. B.A. Baracus fear of flying, which was part of the show, too. I think they're just constantly drugging Mr. T, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think they're like 
drugging him, knocking him out, getting him on a plane, however they have to do. I don't know why, but my favorite scene in the movie follows this when they do the flash forward, you know, eight years and 80 successful missions later. Mm -hmm. They're just on a military base in Iraq, I think. Yes. And so you have, you know, the team. They appear to be relaxing after a mission because you have Bradley Cooper shirtless with his feet in like a kiddie wading pool, one of those blue plastic numbers, drinking a Budweiser. But he's got bandages, like bloody bandages on his torso. Like he's clearly mm -hmm. just been through some shit. Yeah, oh, yeah. You have Murdoch cooking meat on some sort of improvised grill using mm -hmm. like shotgun. Oh, yeah. Shot. Shotgun pellets. Powder to, like, mm -hmm. to cook the meat. And then you have B.A. nearby working on a motorcycle, and he's telling Murdoch to burn that meat like it was damned. And they're just kind of quipping at each other, and, and Bradley Cooper's so like, no, nice. no, no, don't use antifreeze again. Last time I ate some of your antifreeze meat, it gave me Bell's palsy. And Murdoch's like, hey, that's only partial paralysis. <laughs> yep, yep. And well, if you want me partially paralyzed on a mission, then fine. <laughs> And this introduces then Jessica Peel, who comes over to face, you know, Bradley Cooper. And mm -hmm. they very quickly established that they had a romantic relationship. Bradley Cooper was in love with her and offered her, you know, the marriage and the kids in the house. And she wasn't into it. She was focused on her career. And she's like, okay, whatever, boy. You need to not go into the city and do this mission about these stolen plates. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about, which mm -hmm. yep. doesn't yet. That was he the doesn't. truth. That's truth. Yeah. While this exchange is happening, you have Murdoch coming up on the other side of the bike that B.A. is working on, mm -hmm. hand puppeting like this little pig potholder and yeah, with an uh, Australian accent going, do you want some pork? And B.A. saying, if I broke every bone in your hand, could you still do that? For no reason. Mm -hmm, so it's just yeah. this entire scene is it feels so ad libbed. Yeah. Like they're just having fun together and, and being ridiculous. And I don't. I don't know why it fills me with such delight, but it does. Mm -hmm. It's lovely. Yeah, it's just, it's getting, like, the feeling that they've really come together and, like, they're a well-oiled machine, but they're also family and they love each other, but they give each other shit. And, yeah, it just feels nice. Yeah, and so then we get them, uh, the A-team, going to get these plates, and they do it in that movie style of like Liam Neeson's telling them the plan as and as he's telling them the plan, we see the plan in action. And they like keep coming back to like the little toy truck and them getting rid of the army men on the toy truck. And then it goes flashes forward to them actually just punching a guy and having him fall off a truck. And Murdoch, meanwhile, is been told that he's on air support so most of his scenes while everybody is getting prepped is him just screwing around at one type point he just starts playing with paint yeah and he's flashing around man, in it yeah and blue then man group and then he paints half his face and becomes uh does Mel the Gibson braveheart from braveheart yeah he even like hand makes like a little stick pony yes that yes he's he riding does behind ba well ba is actually working like, on like something making important. magnets yeah uh-huh yeah <laughs> it's great yeah it's basically a comedy. This movie mm -hmm. is basically a comedy. For sure. Yeah, and so um, they end up um, grabbing this big truck that has all the plates and the money in it. Um, they, <laughs> um, the face and Hannibal are on the, the truck while... Baracus is driving it and they're like doing something that he doesn't seem to know about they're they're like putting rivets in and uh 
you know, securing things in a way. They're adding they t- airbags to the outside of this shipping uh-huh. container. Yeah, exactly. And so you're kind of like, where is this going? Mm-hmm. And uh, they tell Baracus to get into the sh- ship container and i think they might have nailed him in it's unclear they definitely close him into the container um and then they go flying out of they end up somehow in this like sewage drainage thingy and fly into some water yep my favorite part of this moment is and i think you enjoyed it too was that just before they they go sailing off of the edge into the water Liam Neeson's like, don't worry about it, Face. And Face is like, hey, man, if I was worried, I'd be nailing Chakunk myself, Kachunk, to the container. Chakunk. <laughs> just oh, so rivets good. his clothing to the container. Yeah, absolutely, he does. So good. I don't know why, but it's just, oh, it's beautiful. And he's smiling the whole time. It's just. Yes. Oh, he's having, yeah. He's no cynicism just, in this. Nope. Um, so they fly into the water. The airbags explode so that they stay afloat. Then uh, Murdoch comes down with air support and just absolutely obliterates the car that was behind them. Um, oh, yeah. Laughing the entire time. Like, it's a fire explosion. And, uh, oh, dear. He's in a helicopter. And all those rivets and nails and things that they were doing to secure the package, they're uh, they're going to go ahead and hook the helicopter up to um, the uh, the truck, and they're gonna fly out of there. Yeah, Ba is not not happy about this because he can't get out. He's stuck nope. inside. They're all outside, mm-hmm. and when they land, you can just hear him raging inside the uh-huh. container. And the three of them are standing outside of it. And Bradley Cooper's like, "Is it weird that I'm more scared now than I was with what we just did? Right. I don't want to yeah. let him out." <laughs> and Murdoch's like, "Wait, wait, wait! I got this." Mm-hmm. Hey, B.A., how about that curry tamponade? Uh-huh. The raging stops. There's a pause. With the toast points? <laughs> of course with the toast points. <laughs> Can't have tamponade without toast points. <laughs> it's just a lovely exchange between friends. Oh, okay, yes. yeah, we did a dick thing, but curry but... tamponade with toast points. And you've got to believe that they do this to him on a semi-regular basis because they can't always oh, yeah. drive out of there. And then after this joyous finish to the mission, the general's coming to congratulate them, and the general super blows up. Oh, no. Then, unexpected explosion. Yeah. And then, and then run oh, towards no. Him. Second yeah. unexpected explosion. The plates are gone, and then the money all blows up. Yeah, the mercenaries, you see them running off with the plates. They explode mm-hmm. the, the shipping container. So, like, you know that Pike and his boys are responsible for what just happened. Exactly. But you know who yeah. doesn't know that? The army. The army does not know. Yeah. And somehow right away, um, uh, Liam Neeson and the crew know that it's Pike. Um, But what they don't know is Morrison uh, is also alive. um, And he was the one person who could vindicate them. But they all think he's dead. Yes. As do we for for quite some time. So they Mm -hmm. go to prison. They're given Mm -hmm. 10-year sentences. Mm -hmm. uh, And we see them again six months into it, as as we mentioned in, in our rundown. Yep, and they're all in different prisons, all doing different things. Very in-character things. Hannibal mm-hmm. has been gathering intel, which rivals our CIA friend Lynch's. Right. Um, and the only thing he needs from Lynch, a cigar laced with, I believe, tetrodotoxin, so that uh-huh. he can fake death. A very specific amount, Amber. Mm-hmm. I think he doesn't get it quite right, because Neeson's wakes up inside the crematorium. It 
it escalates so quickly. He uh, smokes the cigar one puff, and then he's being loaded into the crematorium. Yep. It is not great for him. Which but he I- gets out of it. He gets out of it, and then when he encounters the attendant, and he's all sooty and and sweaty and clearly not dead, he's like, so Satan walks into a bar. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the cre- crematorium walker, worker just faints. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know why. It works, though. It's still yeah. funny. Yep. Still good. And then the face is, uh, he's just made the prison his own personal spa. He's sleeping with the guards. He's um, going into sun tanning booths. He's got like a whole like stereo TV setup thing. He's helping people like he, he keeps, you know, he'll say, ah, you know, how's your son? And to the guard and the guard says, oh, he's fine. Thank you for getting him out of whatever situation he was in. Anyway, who knows how he's doing this from prison, but whatever. Pure joyous charm. Just endless yeah. positivity and a real commitment to his tan, which very, is, is what gets him committed. out. Because uh-huh. once he goes into the tanning bed, it starts doing like ab work. Yeah, it, it's it's he's, it's double function. Yeah, mm-hmm. he he gets strapped in and is delivered to Liam Neeson. So now the team's getting back together. Mm-hmm. Who's the, next? Uh, <laughs> it's uh, Baracus's turn, and they drive by. He's in a transport vehicle, and they drive by him with a plate with license plates that say "Emergency Exit Now." And then, and <laughs> Baracus uh, happens to read those few and makes his way to the back, and then they shoot a like a grappling hook through it and pull the door off and he rides the door to freedom. Yep. And I, I love that. So he's, he's kind of let his, his facial hair and head hair grow out. So when he is in a diner bathroom, you know, reacquainting himself with some level of grooming that he's more comfortable with outside of a prison environment, you Mm -hmm. just see Bradley Cooper and Liam Neeson having a conversation in a booth where Bradley Cooper's like, yeah, but well, how did you know the door would take his weight? And Liam Neeson's like, oh, remember that thing? And Bradley Cooper's like, oh, yeah, Venezuela. Right, 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 right. But wasn't that a midget? And it's just this, I don't know, like this throwaway <laughs> informal conversation, which is so very much the style for a lot of the dialogue that happens that isn't kind of just scene exposition. And right. it's it's oh, it's delightful. Yeah. Yeah, it really does seem, I, I don't know how much is ad-libbed in this, but it, whoever, like, either it was ad-libbed or whoever wrote it was very good at making it seem very cash and very, um, yeah, delightfully ad-libbed. And then we move to Murdoch, who is in a mental facility, not a straight mm-hmm. prison, because obviously. Yeah, obviously. He is, for some reason, knighting another patient while instructing him not to look him in the eyes, because it's, it's disrespectful to look yeah. him in the eyes. He's He's wearing... Some sort of regalia that he has created out of what appears to be mainly licorice. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. yep. It's just, yay. Yeah, he's having fun, and uh, he gets a, a movie with a bunch of three D glasses from um, probably Hannibal. It's Hannibal, but it, shoots, I can't remember. Anyway, it was some sort of like code, uh, code. But it was like like uh, Schmanibal's biff or something like that it was like very loose like mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh they're watching so they start watching this movie and jessica beale actually comes because she knows that the other three of the a-team have escaped and murdoch's the only one left so she's there to kind of keep an eye on him and so they're all sitting down to watch this movie in 3d with the 3d glasses and the movie starts with a 
car driving right at the screen. And gosh darn it, that 3D is good. Yep, car drives right through that wall. <laughs> Don't worry. It's the A-team. <laughs> Murdoch's ride is there. Oh, God. Then they wind up at a plane on an army base. And while Liam Neeson is explaining to the soldiers why they should just get off the plane mm-hmm. and give it to them because, you know, they're hardened criminals who are armed. You just have Bradley Cooper and Charlton Copley dragging uh, Quentin Rampage Jackson onto the plane. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to get on the plane because no. he's B.A. Baracus and he's terrified of flying. And Bradley Cooper finally just loses his patience. And he's like, God damn it, man up. We are finishing this escape. <laughs> oh so good and then and And then then, amber oh my god this is the scene that i remember so hard from this movie when i saw it and um okay so they're in the in the plane they get into the plane there's some stuff in the plane like a tank whatever don't worry about it Uh Uh-huh. And so Murdoch's flying and he does some really good escape maneuvers, but they have these two drones that are chasing them and trying to blow them up. And uh, so the drones are shooting at the plane. Uh, Murdoch does all he can with evasive maneuvers. And then Jessica Biel's watching this all happen on um, video from the drone. And you see that the plane blew up, Amber. Oh, they got them. They killed. She was trying to not make have them be dead. She was trying to call off the drones. But, oh, the planes exploded. No. Oh, What's wait, that? What is that? That seems it- to be a tank with three parachutes attached to it. How odd that it survived. But clearly they couldn't possibly be, oh no, they're on it. They're definitely in the tank. Yeah, uh-huh. Drones are still after them. They're mm-hmm. shooting the parachutes. Oh crap, what do we do? Oh right, it's a tank. So Bradley Cooper pops the top, goes up, and starts using like the Gatling gun to shoot at the drones while just screaming with joy and oh, beaming yeah. hugely. And Megan's like, well, there's his Rocket Raccoon audition tape. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, that's that's Rocket Raccoon, like, all over. He's just so shooting good. at drones. Just so happy. Oh, yeah. Oh, so happy, down... but it doesn't work. They take out those, well, he, those parachutes and they start He does plumbing. take out one of, the, yeah, he takes out one of the drones. Yes, and, yes. Um, but they take out all but one of the parachutes and now they're really falling. Whatever are they going to do now, Megan? Oh, my goodness. Well, they figure out that there's a lake about a half mile east. And so (laughs) they decide to fly the tank, Amber. They start shooting the tank uh, mortars uh, out sideways so that they are going east and will fall into the lake, Amber. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. And then what do they do so that their impact is lessened? They point the mortar and the tank down and they shoot directly down to show slow their descent. Yes, they do. Oh, my God. It's it's the best. It's yes, they do. the best. And while they're doing this, Jessica Beals, you know, she, she's got two aides who are with her constantly. Mm-hmm. And they're like, are they, are they trying to shoot down the other drone? She's like, no, they're flying the tank. Yep. So, like, <laughs> oh, these. Uh... And she's like. She doesn't want them to die. She does want to catch them. Um, yeah. And then we cut to a little old lady making some kind of uh, lunch on the beach of this lake. And uh, her presumably husband um, throwing dynamite into the water to catch fish. 
Yes, and she's she's telling him that that he's not giving them a fighting chance, and he's he's it's being a fair. dick. And yeah. she he he dismissively says, "Ah, you nagging shrew," and mm-hmm. then obviously the tank falls into the water capsizes his boat we don't know if he's dead or not but the camera comes back to her and she's got this little satisfied smile on her face uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. it serves you right mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and then they uh they drive the tank which of course still works out of the lake and uh, they ask her which way berlin is and it's magical mm-hmm. yeah, and there's so some good. exposition i think jessica beale Tries she reaches out to Lynch when she figures out that he's the one who helped break Liam Neeson out of prison. Right. Yep. Um, Lynch is of course very dismissive. The CIA is definitely portrayed as sort of this bougie, overfinanced, under-supervised, just kind of yes. can do whatever they want. Everybody knows they're dirty. Everybody knows that like, they, they all have a story about working with a CIA operative whose name was Lynch. It's mm-hmm. just yep. nobody knows their real names, and that's why you can't trust them. Right. The CIA, the way they're portrayed is also like little boys playing video games. You know, they are not taking any of this really seriously. Which comes like, it's another thing that's just kind of this informal, comedic, self-aware. It's just, it's a really funny mechanic that they use really, really effectively in this Mm -hmm. one scene in a car where they're trying to decide how to kill Pike once they finally catch up with him. Mm -hmm. So he's gone on the run. Yep. Um, he has the plates. Obviously, he's he's been photographed in the company of some Arab who right. is, is also in cahoots with the plates. Liam Neeson and his team catch up with them at, a, at the bank that they've been photographed outside of. They do some really, really precision skyscraper hijinks that, yes. that reminded me a bit of Hobbs and Shaw. For sure. Where Liam Neeson is rappelling down from the top. B.A. Mm-hmm. Baracus, uh, Quentin Rampage Jackson is in a window cleaning rig mm-hmm. across from it. Yep. He shoots a projectile at the window where Pike and the Arab are at uh-huh. the same time that Liam Neeson is about to swing into it. Like between his legs it's almost. Beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's spot on timing. Fantastic. They mm-hmm. then kidnap the Arab. Mm-hmm. Grab they, the plates. They, they put a bag over the Arab's head. They uh, oh, grab yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah, so Neeson's put a parachute on him and throws him out the window. Yes. Oh, my God. And, yeah, they throw him a parachute, throw him out the window. In comes Murdoch, who's just saying some shit about, just like... cackling. Just cackling and, like, narrating some sort of football catch or something. And, like, just catches the parachute on the, like, I don't know, runners feet of the helicopter. Yeah, runners yeah. of the helicopter and, like, whisk him away. It's great. It's fantastic. So good. Oh, the Neeson's, you know, repels and... But Pike, Pike the mercenary guy, very yes. effective in his own right. Yes. Like, manages to shoot the case out of Liam Neeson's hand. Liam Neeson has to, you know, improvise. He can do mm-hmm. that. He's, he's that good at planning. He may be yep. 10 steps ahead, but he can also be in the moment, and I respect sure. that. Then Pike notices B.A. Baracus across the way, who's trying to provide some cover fire, shoots down the window cleaning apparatus he's, he's attached to. Baracus falls. There's this whole scene of shooting and running and grabbing the plates with B.A. and Pike. Then... Liam Neeson has to save B.A. because B.A. has been on this path of nonviolence, I guess. He doesn't want to kill anymore. Yep. So he won't shoot Pike and whatever. Pike is more than happy to shoot after them. Oh, yeah. Jessica Biel managed to grab him after Liam Neeson and B.A. escape. Yep. 
And then Lynch comes in with his uh-huh. fancy warrants and steals yep. Pike away from Jessica Beale. Yep. <laughs> Which just leads to this great scene in the car with the CIA oh, agents so and Pike. Yep, going back to them being like little children playing some sort of game and Pike being like actually competent at what he's trying to do. He's sandwiched in between two agents that have been with Lynch the whole time. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're, you know, basically they've decided to, to shoot him because Pike double crossed Lynch and he's mad at him. And Lynch is like, hey, man, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And so the guy on his left is, is putting a silencer on mm-hmm. a pistol. But he's not doing it very competently. It's like it's not working. He drops the pistol and then he picks it back up again and sandwiches it between his legs to kind of twist it. Yeah, and it's almost like he's like pointing it at his head and like his head and Pike is like moving out of the way. He's sure the gun is gonna go off. And and he's just he's got a running commentary the whole time. Is it have you ever done this before? Hey, it's a it's a silencer, not a suppressor, clockwise, man. Clockwise. Is that really how you handle a gun? How are you still alive? And then when he finally gets it all together and points it at his chest. Pike's like, final request, don't let him shoot me. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just not yep. him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that scene is, and it kind of goes on from there. At one point, a guy <laughs> has the gun in his hand and a cell phone in his other hand, and he's kind of trying to juggle them. And Lynch is like, ah, cell phone or gun? Cell phone or gun? They eventually uh-huh. hand the gun to Pike, who has uncuffed himself and yep. punched mm-hmm. the guy who was fumbling with the gun before. Yep. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, and it turns out they need Pike. They need Pike's competency to actually try to get the plates back. They're not real soldiers, Megan. Right, right. And it's during this that they they think that they've blown up the A-team and Morrison, but um, they realize that they haven't. Yes, the team discovers that, yes, the general has betrayed them, that he's the Arab and then, yes, Lynch blows, thinks he blows them up, only blows up Morrison. And then it leads to this whole, the, I think the final scene is the weakest part. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it gets really silly because um, they pretend that Morrison is still alive because Morrison's kind of their only, the A-team's only way of, um, you know, proving that they had nothing to do with the plates being gone in the first place. And, um, yeah, the... <laughs> Bradley Cooper is now going to take over planning. Bradley Cooper's narrating how this is going to go by doing like magic tricks in front of them, like find the ball, keep keep your eye on the ball. And um, they're also at this point, like we see them making some sort of like face mask. And then we see them like tearing out little speakers from dolls and grabbing all the fireworks in the world. And um, so it becomes just really silly. You realize that... Um, it turns out the face isn't being metaphorical. He's literally grabbing three um, shipping containers and playing, um, like, moving them around and then putting them all three on the ground. So, you know. Yeah, that was not a metaphor. He actually intended to <laughs> Big cups. play, play Big. Where's Liam Neeson and the General. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which one? And then mm-hmm. you think that's all it's going to be. But, oh, wait, no, they have cars and those mm-hmm. cars are being remote controlled and yeah. then they're setting the ground on fire and then they're blowing up all of lynch's men and then pike is like ah oh, this is just a shit show and so he shoots the the last of lynch's guys who were snipers mm-hmm. and then takes their rocket launcher yep and blows up the barge that uh-huh. the shipping containers are on just kind of like okay i'm done with this weird magic trick yep 
Yep. Pike sees it for what it is, like, immediately. He's like, don't fall for this. What are you doing? And Lynch is just like, what? What's happening? Whoa. Um, Like, Lynch is totally the idiot who's, like, being distracted by the fireworks and the fire and the blowing up. And Pike is not having it. Exactly. And it just leads to a showdown between Pike and Bradley Cooper. Mm-hmm. Bradley Cooper runs out of bullets. But then, oh, no, in comes... Quentin Rampage Jackson and he's on a motorcycle and then he drives the motorcycle and then launches himself off the motorcycle and Mm -hmm. then just like comes down on Pike and it turns out nonviolence no longer his path he picks Pike up just Mm -hmm. bodily raises the entire man above his head and then slams him onto the ground Broken and, neck for days oh he's super they make sure we know he's dead his eyes are open Mm -hmm. and Bradley Cooper (laughs) is so happy he screams with joy Mm -hmm. mouth like gaped open granted he also saved his life but i think it 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 was a very impressive moment and then you know quentin rampage jackson has had a hat on the entire Mm -hmm. time and he pulls it off and it shows that he has reinstated his mohawk hairdo which we have had affiliated with his violent Mm -hmm. leanings in the past exactly it's it's a whole thing, people. It's very it's important. A, it's it's very important. It's very like um, philosophical and really gets to like some really deep things that we just we're not equipped to talk about in this podcast. No, right now. no, we're we're really not. Yeah. But suffice it to say that they definitely you feel his journey when he mm-hmm. and you know you you have Jackson and and Neeson exchanging Gandhi quotes. Yes. Oh, of course. High-minded Gandhi quotes to help yeah. convince him that maybe nonviolence isn't his thing. It might mm-hmm. be some people's thing, but yeah. it's not his. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh boy. So it doesn't really matter. But it, the effects in this are kind of not very good. It's mm. a bit too big. The whole barge falling and the containers everywhere, and Bradley Cooper scaling a crane. And I get it. You're just trying to kind of escalate the action hijinks accordingly with it being the big end scene yeah it just kind of comes off as a bit too much yeah and that's not the fun part of this movie the fun part is the quippiness and the cleverness and the joy on their faces as they're playing these games um so yeah it gets it's a little bit big it's a yeah, bit big agreed. the other action scenes yeah. have been have been really fun like obviously For ridiculous sure. physics and jumpings and explosions and but mm-hmm. this was kind of too much and considering the fact that all of it was pointless Right. It was all just meant to be kind of misdirection so that they could convince Lynch that Morrison was still alive and to expose himself into doing his own dirty work Mm -hmm. such that Jessica Beale and the rest of the army could see it. Right. They end up being in in a shipping container where Liam Neeson pretends to get beaten by Lynch. Lynch shoots Morrison or who he thinks is Morrison in the head and... Um, all of this is a stage and the, the container lifts up and there's like 45 police people and um, Jessica Beale standing around having heard everything he just said. It, it, it's a bit much. Bit it's much. fine. It's, there's, there's a, you know, some hand to hand between Lynch and Liam Neeson, which Neeson mm-hmm. plays possum, letting Lynch yep. think that his, his Muay Thai is, is good enough to beat him down. Sure. And then once Lynch has overextended himself and admitted to everything, Neeson, Neeson just beats him the fuck down. And yeah. to his his benefit, I can't remember the name of the actor. He's he's someone I've seen in things before. But Lynch, his face is so surprised every time he gets punched. Yes, so surprised. 
Patrick Wilson plays Ah, Agent Lynch. Patrick Wilson. I remember you from such things as that thing and white guy and that thing. And then, of course, it's revealed that obviously it wasn't Morrison because we watched him blow up. It was, in fact, Murdoch. Murdoch. Our Charlotte Copley Mm -hmm. in a bulletproof head thing that he made himself and hoped would work. Yep, hoped would work and had ketchup to show, like, blood. Yeah, Yeah, Uh for blood spray. I I do appreciate that when he pulls it off in true Murdoch fashion, when B.A. asks if he's okay, uh, Murdoch's response is, I don't feel good. I feel sane. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Jessica Beale surprises Lynch by um, giving him a warrant for his arrest using his real name. So they figured out he's unmasked. He's Vance Burris, not Agent Lynch. Oh, no. But it doesn't matter because John Hamm comes in playing another Agent Lynch and Mm -hmm, disappears him off into the night. Yep. And uh, the A-team's all under arrest again for breaking out of jail. And uh, Jessica Biel gives the face a a, a big old smoocheroony and really gives Bradley Cooper the key to their handcuffs so they can escape. And then we have a short preview for the A-team, what they will be now that they are, you know, running from justice or something. Yes. Or injustice, exactly. technically, because it's not just that they didn't do anything wrong or they did things that would have been wrong mm-hmm. if they hadn't been doing them for the right reasons. And also if the general hadn't been crooked or I don't remember, whatever, they been they're set the up good in the guys. First place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's basically the opening of the A-team show, you know, yes. kind of the, yeah. I just liked explaining what justice and injustice were and how I those two that. things were super gray in this movie. Mm-hmm. This movie really teaches you about morality and teamwork yep. and being an Bounding. army ranger mm-hmm. and how to properly drug a man when you're about to convince him to get on a plane that he doesn't want to get onto. And how to fly a tank. I, I So you've now basically listen, watched the A-team. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Yep, very much so. Uh, what should we what should we call out? Definitely Jessica Beale's the only woman in this. There's yeah, there's one sure. other assistant who shows up for five seconds mm-hmm. yeah. in, in Lynch's camp um, and is objectified because they're dicks, but also mm-hmm. flips them off, which yeah. I feel like adds it's it's a give and take, Something. which I appreciate. Yep. I think Jessica Beale's character is fine. She's a little Yeah. She's a little uptight, kind of like a little bit by the rules and kind of is feels like she's always playing catch up to them, but like she's also listening to them and not playing like a complete suit, you know? Yeah, not a hard ass, not kind of, you know, that that hyper rage. I'm going to be one of the guys, but the best of the guys because I'm a woman in a man's world. It's not. She's just a really competent soldier yes. who shouldn't probably. She, from the character that she presents, she wouldn't wear very, very high heels when she's oh, on the job. Oh, that was disappointing. Didn't yeah. love that moment. No. I mean, she looked great in them, but course, just not practical yeah. for chasing nope. the bad guys. Um, and I, I liked the fact that when her character is introduced, it's immediate that like she and Face had a romantic past mm-hmm. and that she wanted nothing because she was career-minded. She makes zero apology for that. And he's just hurt because he's a player who got serious. And mm-hmm. then they come back around to it later in the movie, and he's like, admit it. You knew I was a player. You wanted to play. And then as soon as I got serious, you ran. And she mm-hmm. does deny it. But at the same time, I'm like, fuck yeah. She yeah. was looking for something non-serious. You got serious. She didn't want to do that and pursue a difficult career. Right. Good on her. Yeah. She and told you. And then ya. at the end, when she kisses him, 
there's that moment of, oh, no, not this again. But really, she was just getting him his key. I fucking love that moment of Mm -hmm. it's still like it's utilitarian, practical kiss. Maybe it's also fun, but it's not like she's fallen back in love with him. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, Yeah, I feel like it's it's they do a good job with that character or good enough job with that character that I'm not kind of sitting there thinking, oh, this is how you're using your one woman. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Hell yeah, she just wants to play. Go, you get yourself some. <laughs> Break off a piece of that. So, Amber, on our rock scale, Crazy which balls. goes... Maybe a little outstanding. Regrettable, outstanding, craze balls, or K. How do you feel about this movie, Amber? I already said how I felt about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's craze balls outstanding. It's, it's... Man, I would watch more of this. It's... Ugh. I mean, there's These nothing... actors, they're having so much fun. They're like smiles for days, quips, like interesting dialogue. I mean, it's all dumb, but like <sighs> they're fucking flying a tank. What the fuck is happening? What the fuck is happening? And Copley, Copley, whatever. Yeah. Charlto's Murdoch is just... So good. Oh, it does it for me. It, it's like Tiny Tina. It's very yes. just crazy enjoying. When's, when's my next near-death experience? Please tell mm-hmm. me what next crazy balls thing I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm so yet, very excited. And yet he's super, super competent at what he does. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he flies excellently. And oh, yeah, anything. No. Yeah. They're all very competent. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's delightful. He, oh, God, tries to jumpstart an ambulance with a defibrillator and blows himself up <laughs> yeah oh god i love it and yeah bradley cooper jubilant joyous liam neeson obviously just mm-hmm. charisma for days great in an action role great as just the leader who's on top of everything yep. i do appreciate they don't have him play chess that would have been way too contrived yeah yeah and yeah i mean what do you want from an adaptation of an 80s show that was itself already ridiculous exactly yeah. this you want exactly, exactly this. this yeah it's man if if they decided to do some sort of Netflix show of this, this would be oh, it would be beautiful. so fun. Even if they had to replace Bradley Cooper and Liam Neeson, as long yeah. as they had Copley and Jackson. Jackson was adorable. Yeah, Jackson was fantastic. Jackson yeah. was adorable for sure. Just like a teddy bear who crushed men. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ugh. his his brawl style was uh so good. Takes out yeah, a chop it- shop. Mm-hmm. Takes out all the guys in the caravan with the plates by just, like, sky punching and throwing and, uh yeah. Yeah. And he's a real mixed martial artist and a former professional wrestler, which, you know, Quentin Rampage Jackson kind of gives you a little bit of a hint to that. Yep. Which, and all that physicality comes to the role in a great way, but he, he holds his own in the dialogue, too. Yes, when he does. He's, yeah. When he's playing with Murdoch and Cooper, it's great. Like, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the relationship between Jackson's character and, and Copley's character is, like, the, the, the sibling-level antagonism is, mm-hmm. uh, just makes me smile. Yeah. Great. Great. Mm-hmm. Let's watch it again. Okay. You should probably do recommendations first. And and what's that other thing? Oh, yes. Do tell an Abby story. Why, yes, I will. Um, So, Amber, when I was down visiting Abby, um, we went to the playground and um, Abby was telling me while she was going on the swing about um, who she'd want to play with on the playground. And um, she said that she wanted to play with Sneha, Michael's daughter. And... um, 
I immediately, when she started talking about Sneha, I got out my camera and I videoed uh, Abby saying that she wanted to, I asked her, who do you want to play with on the playground? She said, I want to play with my friends. I want to play with Sneha and I want to swing with Sneha because she's my friend. And it was just, it was so, so sweet. So I sent that, of course, to Michael, um, the whole D&D group, I believe. And then Michael, later that day, took Sneha to the park and apparently was also asking her leading questions about Abby. And uh, he was asking Sneha who she would play with on the park. And she said, I, I would want to swing with Abby. Why? Because I love her. And it's just this really sweet, like, exchange of um, cute videos. And then I showed that video to Abby. And then she just smiled watching Sneha saying that Sneha loved her. Anyway, it was just a love fest of adorable kiddos. And one-upmanship. Oh, yes, of course. Obviously. <laughs> it can serve two purposes. <laughs> it sure can. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. That is a delightful story that incorporated Sneha and Abby. Yes, it was a Sneha slash Abby story. Amber, do you have a recommendation? I do. Megan, I've been reading again. Excellent. I'm so proud of you. Thank you very much. A friend recently reminded me that Philip Pullman, who wrote the His Dark Materials series with the Golden Mm, Compass, mm -hmm. Subtle Knife, and Amber Spyglass... Uh, of my childhood had had recently gotten back into that world and started a new trilogy that takes place before the events of those books, which mm-hmm. are now resurging in people's awareness because of the HBO series based on them. Yep. And so I was really thrilled. And so I started reading La Belle Sauvage, which is the first book. The second one, I think, came out recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just about done with it. And it, of course, is awesome and delightful. And I highly recommend it. It's another, you know, young Wonderful. kids on a harrowing, life-threatening journey. Mm-hmm. Excellent. That you know, sounds wonderful. I like to read about 10-year-olds in mortal danger. <laughs> Obviously. Although I think this yeah. time there's an infant, an 11-year-old, and a 16-year-old. Excellent. I mean, you really love the um, girl with the bow and arrow books. Okay, you know what? One, I actually haven't read those. And two, <laughs> I remember what they're called now if I keep talking long enough and Catching Fire is the second one. Mocking Jay, um, Hunger Games, the yeah. Hunger Games trilogy. I got there. You did. You I mean, I had it did. the whole time. I just was keeping you in suspense because mm-hmm. I like to give you that kind of thrill. Thank you. So yeah, Philip Pullman, La Belle Sauvage. It's it's kind of a no brainer if if you're into the His Dark Materials trilogy. Wonderful. No brainers. That's what I specialize in. Hey, Megan. Yeah. Are you the me this time? Do you not have a recommendation? I think of something. What am I going to say? So I just had lunch with my mom and uncles. And um, the tavern that we like to go to, their pretzel sticks are back. Why do they take them away? I don't no, Amber. The whole reason that I actually set up this um, lunch date was because my office mate told me that the pretzel sticks were back on the menu, um, and I wanted pretzel sticks. <laughs> oh, I think your mom There's... listens to this podcast, you monster. I told her this. Oh, I told her this <laughs> during lunch. There are no lies between us. <laughs> she knows. I actually, I, I, 
my mom uh, came in. Uh, she was the last one there. And, you know, we'd ordered drinks and such. And um, my mom sat down and she said, have you ordered the pretzels yet? And she was kidding. I said, yes, I have. And I was not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they're just. Oh, no, they're on their way. Yeah, they're on their way. Don't worry. I got so you, Mom. What's a dipping sauce situation like? It's a it's a cheese sauce. Okay. okay. Like no, a, no mustard variant, just straight cheese? No, straight cheese. Yeah, it's like maybe a beer cheese sauce, but it's not okay. like... Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Like, they're just pretzel sticks, hot pretzels, good little, salt, so little, warm when they come out. Yeah, oh, good salt, so good. a little crispy on the outside, moist, moist and chewy oh, on the inside. Delicious. I love me a good pretzel stick. Yeah. Or just pretzel in general. It doesn't have to be a stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. I like the traditional variety. But also, I have a correction to make, Amber. Oh, dear. Yes. Um, I remember my Abby story that um, Abby abonated it when she ate all of her um, food at the diner oh, a few weeks ago. Yes, yes. I, I actually am aware of this correction. Yes. I, I apologize because... Um, Apparently, abonated is a take off of mominator, which is what Erica says when um, she finishes food off of Abby's plate. Like when Abby's done and uh, <laughs> Erica asks if um, Abby wants her to mominate it, which means, you know, finishing the carrots or whatever's on Abby's plate. That was an excellent retraction. So, Amber, I'm going to end like I, I'm going to say what I always say at the end of this podcast. I'm going to end by saying, I am a rock. I am an island. I can't let it go. That's terrible. That's terrible. God, the silence doesn't work. It doesn't work on you. Don't say that. That makes no sense. You can't just say rock, island, and have it be profound. It's not. It's nonsense. And it drives me crazy every time. I'm okay. I am an island. Just... Worse in the sing-song. I can't anymore. I have to go now. Yay! Okay, bye, Amber. Bye, Megan. 